In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Buenas noches, senoritas and senoras. Welcome to our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. New England's own Ben Helsink. And with me, all the way from Eastie Bridgewater, is the queen of blonde bombshells herself, the marriage proposal machine. <laughs> And Carrigan. <laughs> Good evening. Or should, uh, should I say, what, Buenas tardes? Is that what Buenas we're talking about? Buenas afternoon. What are you talking about? I don't know. What's the evening? Get it right. Noches. Buenas noches. Noches? Buenas noches. Like nachos, only with an O. <laughs> with an E. <laughs> Whatever. I am doing good. Are you feeling better? No, I feel like crap. Ah. Wow. Yeah. Just weather, you know, we're not getting any good winter here. We're just getting all this warm stuff. Oh, my God, it was awesome today. Yeah. It, it's weird, like, because all over in Europe, they're getting pummeled by snow and stuff. Oh, really? But the, yeah, but the jet stream is, like, keeping it away from us, so, hey. Uh, well, that's fine. That's fine. My heat, my heating bill loves that. Yeah, they, you got that right. You got that right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mm. baby. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I heard uh, your little interview the other day. Oh, you did. That's right. Yep. Yeah. On my hometown little... station. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm. Very, very good. Yeah. And we made an announcement, of course, and that is that on July 27th, 28th, and 29th, mm-hmm. we will be having a conference at the uh, VZ mm-hmm. State in Groveland. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Parapsychologist Cal Cooper will be over from the UK along with uh, psychic uh, artists from Most Haunted, uh, Brian Shepard. Uh, we have some other people that lined up that uh, we're just waiting to hear from, but uh, it's going to be awesome as usual. Oh, I but, can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. And, of course, tomorrow night is, is my first uh, night of my uh, course on... Paranormal CSI at Northern Essex Community College, which ah. I'm pretty psyched. And as you know, the the Globe did a nice little piece on it, which was good. Yes. Yep. And um, yeah, that so, on our little Facebook page. Yeah, which uh, was exciting. And uh, we also have another new page too, which is uh, Grave Intentions. Oh, grave Intentions. Yeah, I think yeah. we. I think we're up to eighteen fans. Woohoo! Are we really? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's everything about 
cemetery isn't great. If you post anything else, I'm just going to track it, so don't even try. Oh, that's right. That's there right. you go. That's right, but it's all yep. funny stuff. It's funny, yeah. uh, funny well, cemetery it's not, stuff. not necessarily funny. It's well, interesting unusual. Stuff. Interesting, unusual, yes. kind of like me. Interesting and unusual. Right, right. Just like speaking about, speaking about interesting and unusual, yeah. uh, you know, this month is, is President's Month because mm-hmm. a bunch of presidents are like born there and everything, and we have President's Day and all that other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That is so correct. So I, I actually dug up some, <laughs> dug up, I said that, didn't I? <laughs> but a big... Yeah, I dug up some uh, interesting little facts that I thought were pretty cool about some of our presidents. Okay, let her rip. Let's hear them. You really want to know? Well, do you, well, did you know that every member of the Teddy Roosevelt family owned a pair of stilts, including the First Lady? <laughs> no, why is that? I don't know. No, it's no. just trivia. You know it. You don't know the story behind it. don't know the story behind I it. See. You, you want to learn the story about it, go look it up. I'm going to have to Google that because now I want to know. Yeah. Did you know that uh, after President Bush Sr. vomited on the Japanese prime minister? That was cool. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> they actually entered a new word into the Japanese language. It's called Bush or Suru, which means to do the Bush thing or to publicly vomit. Oh, gross. What's that? Nice, gross. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they must have had another word for that before President Bush No, did there it. was none. There was none. There's no Japanese word for, for public vomiting. Nope. Really? There you go. How do you like uh, that, huh? Okay. Maybe someday they'll name something after me. Who knows? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's not go there. Yeah. Did you know that the 29th president, Warren Harding, uh, repeatedly made love to a young girl, Nan Britton, in the White House closet? <laughs> and on one occasion, the cigarette, ser- servants, the cigarette service agents actually had to stop his wife from beating the door down. <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. See, it just, it, it, yeah, it never changes, does it, right? Life, life is okay. so interesting. Always something going on in the White House. Uh, you can say that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, uh, did you know that uh, Abraham Lincoln and uh, Mary Todd Lincoln, uh, actually, and Mary, Abraham was there, though, actually, after their first son died, held seances at the White House and Ouija board sessions. Ooh. Which, which brings us to our guest who is the expert of the Ouija board. Uh, his name is synonymous with the Ouija board, Mr. Robert Murch. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for having me on. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Robert. <laughs> hey. You have, you have uh, perhaps the largest collection of Ouija boards in the world? That's what I'm told. Yeah, there's a lot of them around me. <laughs> They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many do you have? You know, I you know right now I'm going through this big this big process of cataloging everything that I have, and I have like 16 really really large bins. So I, I think in my first kind of brush through it, I have over 500 different talking boards, and then there's doubles and triplicates, and then there's some slight variations as as they would change you know boxes and things. So um, and I don't I don't just collect Ouija boards; I collect everything Ouija or talking board related. So 
I, I tracked the database for every time a Ouija board was shown in films, starting in silent movies all the way to today. Same thing really? with music. Yeah, from sheet music all the way today to for bands and any music that talks about a, a Ouija board. Um, clothing, all those things help me track the Ouija boards through pop culture, which, you know, it's like, does art imitate life or does life imitate art? So it helps show how people view Ouija and talking boards today and kind of every 10 years. Wow. So it's just a really interesting thing. So, yeah, it's kind of, you know, you can't, it's hard to tell the story if you take the story out of the time that it was happening. And, and kind of a common mistake that historians make is, they try to see and explain something through their eyes today. But the reason we think what we think about the Ouija board is all the things that are happening around us, you know, movies, films, you know, TVs, everything. So back then, it was common, you know, up until the 1960s, really, to walk into a house and see people playing the Ouija board. You did not think that that was, um, you know, the doorway to the devil. But after Hollywood kind of got hold of it, it changed everything. So today, if you walked in and you saw you know, a family playing the Ouija board, you'd say, what the hell are you doing? Right. You know? but, um, but it wasn't always like that. In fact, most of the Ouija board's life was not like that. Wow. And, and, and why has it got such a bum rap? I mean, uh, you know, Mostly, it's because it's just been around a long time, right? Like it, it's been around, you know, one hundred almost one hundred twenty-two years, and so well, as long as you me, know, I guess. As, <laughs> yeah. as you you know, if you if you just could probably rattle off in the last ten years as someone who's kind of investigates hauntings. All the different devices that have come and gone that people don't even remember how to spell. The Ouija board has been around. Since it first started, it has remained a tool that people use or believe to communicate with something. And so the longer something's around, the more urban legend. And, and you know, one of the things, if you want, you know, we can talk about it is people believe they're really bad. And, and like today we have 24-hour cable news. You know, they're not talking about how, oh, this guy, you know, saved someone from crossing the street. They almost got hit. They only report the bad things. And so right. if you picture um, Hasbro released a number to me that last year, from, from last year to 1967, when they first started the first full year, they started making the Ouija board, 13 million Ouija boards had been made. Oh, my God. So, so wow. just think, that was just, that's just between 1967 and last year. That's crazy. So imagine from, you know, 1890, to 1966. And so if you, it's like putting cars on the road. If you put one car on the road, there's no accidents. You put lots of cars on the road and there are accidents. So it's to me, and you can say, well, you know, there's all these stories and it, it, it turns out that most of the things we hear, not all, but most are stories. And that's what gives the Ouija board. It's kind of really interesting, fascinating life. And um, one of the things I did in my research was I called all the top 10 medical facilities and the top 10 psychological facilities. And I asked them all the same question. In the past one, five, 10, 25, 50, and 100 years, how many patients and or cases were admitted to the hospital having anything to do with Ouija board use? And you know what the answer was? Zero. Zero. <laughs> so, and so the thing is, it's not saying that you can't happen. It's not saying that it, it doesn't happen, that you cannot have a bad reaction, that things aren't. It's just not to the level you think. And again, 121 years and millions and millions out there, 
the Ouija board has a life of its own. So there's the two things I track are historical fact, and that's what I've been doing for 20 years is trying to basically rewriting the Ouija board's real history and then also tracking that pop culture urban legend stories. So it, it's a, it has two lives. You know what's interesting, uh, Robert, is, is that um, a lot of places, uh, for instance, different haunted ends that open up their houses to, like, uh, ghost hunters and so forth, they all have a rule, no Ouija yes. boards allowed. <laughs> you know, oh, I mean, they'll open it up to everything else. I mean, you can have the animal oh, sacrifice, yes. that's fine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, even human sacrifice, they don't care. As long as you don't bring any Ouija boards in there, you're okay. Here's And here's the funny thing. So um, I got invited to uh, do a conference with the Ghost Adventurers, and it was at Mansfield Reformatory. They have a, a very, it's everywhere, no Ouija boards. They, they ended up <laughs> loosening the rule for me. I brought a bunch, you know, and we had people playing with it. They allowed it for one night. That was it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the funny thing is, is, and I often, I, I laughed. When I first started doing this, I think the first um, convention after I did Festival of the Dead with Christian was with ghost hunters. So we, we, we were there. I'm trying to think of where it was in New York that we went, Cooperstown. And um, I brought, you know, like three cases of Ouija boards. And I wanted to do my thing and, and show them all the old Ouija boards, bring a little museum, and then get everyone playing it. And it was really funny. It was this big... You know, Jason and Grant, we have to have this big talk about whether it's okay. They always tell people not to use them. So how, what I did was I figured, okay, like this is just if it's people not thinking logically. And as a historian, I always have to stay very objective. So I, we went through the first ghost hunt, and I sat there, and these were the questions people were asking with their K2 meters um, and EVPs. Is there anyone there? <laughs> is there is it a male or a female? <laughs> Did you die here? Do you have any messages for me? I'm thinking, you know, it's a friggin' Ouija board session. <laughs> like, what the hell? Hey, and, and the funny thing is, like, you see these people on television, right? When they go on TV, the first question they ask when someone says there's a really bad haunting, did anyone use the Ouija board here? And <laughs> someone will say, yeah. And they're like, oh, well, there you go. You know, the thing is, I just, I can't believe that, um, you know, if you're a ghost, you're you're sitting around just hoping that someone pulls out a Ouija board. Like, well, they use their their K two meter, and I can't do anything with them. But they get the Ouija board, and man, they're possessed. Like it's just, you know, like it's funny. But but again, I don't I don't like to demystify the mystifying oracle because it's part of why it works so well. That's that's the other thing, right? Like. The Ouija board is simple. It's just, it can be a piece of paper. It can be numbers and letters. It can be very simple. Mm-hmm. You can make it yourself. There's nothing mystical about the alphabet, you know, and letter and numbers and being able to count. The thing is, is people, people often forget that when it's like we're on the phone right now and say we get into this big fight, we call each other all kinds of names, we threaten each other, hang up the phone. You don't take your phone and throw it out the window and say, I'll never have another one of these in my house again. <laughs> you got to burn it. But you know what? That's a but great you analogy. Do the, the Ouija board happens and you're like, boom, that thing is gone. And it's because people forget that it's you and something else that's having this communication. You right. and a ghost, you and your subconscious, you and maybe it's um, telepathy. You know, who knows? It could be any of the three, author, all the three, maybe more. But we like to place blame. Like, people want to 
Like I, when we do these conferences, that first thing I say when I talk to them about Ouija boards, you know, how many people came here to talk to ghosts? How many people paid a lot of money to do this? How many people believe the Ouija board will work? Everyone raised their hand. How many people are going to use the Ouija board? No one. Like, wow, you just paid a lot of money for something you think is going to work? You know, you know what's interesting is is when I do, uh, I'm still doing uh, Festival of Dead uh, Spectrum oh. Luminous Era, yeah, and we've been doing that for quite a few years now, but one of the things I always do is is when uh, I address the group, I ask, okay, how many people here think Ouija boards are bad in like 70% at least put their hands up and say that. So I go behind the screen, I come out, and I got a little pink little case on with a little Bobby Ouija board. How did you evil? <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, it's, it's funny about that. So, like, um, Hasbro decided to do a pink edition. And so, for a couple of things, for anyone who's listening, it, w- I use and should I use sometimes Ouija and talking boards as interchangeable terms, but Ouija is a trademark. It was the first mass marketed talking board that was ever made. In 1886, talking boards, the first record of talking boards that we know of started in Ohio. And um, a company, the Kettered Novelty Company, started making them in 1890 in Baltimore. So the Ouija board was born in Baltimore, and it's what we know of today as the so we call them all. It's kind of like, I say, pass me a, a Kleenex. I really need right. a tissue. Yeah. Give me a Coke. So, exactly. So Parker Brothers, the, the Fold family made Ouija boards from 1890 to 1966. They sold it to Parker Brothers. Parker Brothers was sold a few times. Uh, 1991 was bought by Hasbro. And so now has Parker Brothers is a brand. So today Ouija boards are made by Hasbro. And um, they decided to make a pink editions of a few different things. And when I saw that, I, you know, they, when they showed me, I was horrified. I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing this. Let me tell you something. They sold like hotcakes. They <laughs> were just, they flew out of there. Girls love these, like a carrying case. It had cards. It helped you ask things. They were great. And, you know, it's funny. After, you know, a year and a half of them, they just did one run. It was an exclusive for Toys R Us. And it was like the, the year when things start, you know, you, what didn't sell gets put in the sale bins. Fox News caught on. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it was, you know, game company targets Christians, oh. you know, to make a pact with Satan. And it was hysterical. I mean, I just oh was, I was dying. I'm like, okay, first of all, they missed it. This has been going on for a year. <laughs> you know, now there's like none left. And, you know, it hit Fox News, which was just fantastic because everyone knows everything on Fox News is true. So, <laughs> Yeah, I have 32 that have been made for the iPhone oh. since 
um, it started. They also make some for the iPad. And um, I think Android right now there's well. probably... Yeah, I think there's probably six on, I know, for the iPhone and the iPad uh, specifically that are active, and they're all really neat. And, and again, you look, when I when I first started collecting all these, you know, 20 years ago, I kept thinking, like, what's going to happen to the Ouija board, really? I mean, everything is digital. Everything's, you know, handheld. Everything's Nintendo and Xbox. And mm-hmm. and I kept thinking, well, we're, what's the, is the Ouija board going to make it, you know, besides just being kind of a pop reference right. and you know i've just been completely wrong because i you know i i go to these um these ghost conferences i speak and people are they pull out their ipad and they're using an ipad ouija board app oh and i'm like God. holy crap it's hysterical <laughs> you know it's fantastic so That's amazing, it is definitely yeah and it's also you know again it comes down to this it's very simple. So, you know, I make this joke, you know, everyone who's, who's ever heard me hears this a million times, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's like people always ask, why is the Ouija board still so popular after, you know, almost 122 years? And it's because it's, you know, 1999 for an unlimited calling plan to the other side, like no Roman, <laughs> no overhead, <laughs> you know, like it's just so simple. It's, it's like we all want something, we all want proof. That there's right. going to be something there, right? And so the Ouija board was the first wireless communication device, right? That's the first tech thing yeah. that was yeah. ever there. So I mean, it's 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 funny because it actually it's a very it, there is a difference. I, where I give people like credit is they'll say, well, when you're using a K2 meter, you know, you put the K2 meter down, you ask questions from afar, and I'm thinking, okay, like look, if the thing can make it blink, it can probably slap you across the head. Right. I don't know exactly. Like I don't I don't know if it can, but I'm just guessing that if it can right. make something but I can't make something blink from standing away from it. So if it's got that, I'm I'm just as scared ten feet away as I am like next to it. But technology <clears throat> makes people less afraid because it puts this weird barrier between us where you're like, Oh well it's just this like little thing. When you use a Ouija board and you sit down, it is very eerie because like with EVPs, where if you ask these questions, you know, you have to go back, could be hours of listening and cutting and trying to clean it up. You use the Ouija board, and it's happening right in front of you. You feel it move. You're looking at your friend like, are you pushing it? Are you pushing it? No, like, holy crap, is this really happening? Yeah. So yeah. There, is a, there is a difference because it's immediate. You know, I'm not, I don't buy the um, the fact of, well, it's because you're touching it, you have more of a chance to being possessed. I just, I, you know, again, I have to look at things with my logical mind, you know, and, and look at the data, and it just doesn't support any of it. I think it's, it's funny that, um, that there are ghost investigators who go around saying, you shouldn't use Ouija boards, you're inviting it, and then the first thing they walk in and say, is there any messages here? Right. Yeah, exactly. like, really in it. like, what the hell is, well, like, and, what, what just happened? Right. And how many yeah. times, like, Ron, Ron, how many times have you and I done an investigation and, and done glass swirling? Right. Right. I mean, mm. that's just another form of intimidation. Right. Exactly. It, 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 it's exactly. And I'll tell you what, this is what's really funny. So in my research, I uncovered something I didn't know I was looking for, but it came out really neat. The first group of people to attack the Ouija board. And again, the Ouija board itself was manufactured as an amusement. It was something fun. The whole family did it for many years. All the box covers show little kids to grandmas to everybody hey, playing it. Um, it they, the first group of people to attack it were spiritualists. 
and mediums. Now, why? Uh, because up, up until then, mediums, if you wanted to speak to a, a ghost, you had to pay someone to come in your house. Right. Now, for a dollar fifty, you could do this by yourself to some degree. You know, it's not exactly right. the same, but you could get some kind of experience. Well, what happens when something cheap and easy takes away your income? Mm-hmm. You don't like it very much. So the first ads against it were from well-known mediums who were saying, and I'll, this is the exact lines that they used, and that's why it's so funny for me to hear them today. They're like, funny. you know, you don't know what you're, you don't know what you're messing with. You don't know the doors that you're opening. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're doing and what you're letting in. You need someone who's experienced to guide you through this unseen world. Now, I'm laughing, going, what are you here today? People are like, you don't know what you're letting in. You don't know what doors you're opening. It didn't come from the general public. It came from people whose, basically, businesses were threatened. And so it's just a funny thing to me and how, you know, again, this whole world. And, and for people who, you know, often say, like, well, you know, the, the church is against the Ouija board. It's a funny story. So up until um, it was about 19, I think it was like 1922, and William Fold's wife was Catholic. He was Presbyterian. And um, she was getting flack in her church for, you know, a lot of people having like parties, contact ghosts. That was like not really, you know, the Christian thing to be doing. And so he went down and he spoke to the priest and, and he, the priest said, you know, do you believe in these? Do you think that you're talking to ghosts. And he was like, look, it, it's a game just like I make everything else. It's amusement. I, I don't believe it. And he was like, well, as long as you're making it as a game and you're not, you know, promoting it as something to talk to spirits, you know, we don't really have a problem with it as long as you also make a donation. So, <laughs> They made a donation. And if you, if you look, it it wasn't until, um, the Fold family sold it to Parker Brothers that in 1967, the church officially came out against the Ouija board. So when they stopped getting paid, it stopped being okay. And, and again, interesting thing, 1967 was an interesting year. I'm sure this had something else to do with it. It is the only year that any board game sold more than Monopoly. Uh, so in 1967, the Ouija uh-huh. boards sold more Ouija boards than Monopoly. So suddenly, when they were everywhere and in you know every country, mm-hmm. uh, today there's something interesting in the research that I'm doing today is that um well you're gonna have to actually, hold that thought because we have to take yeah. a break right now, Robert. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you, that way you can catch your breath. <laughs> Anyways, you are listening to the Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation with um, Anne and Ron. And our very special guest is uh, Robert Murch. Uh, Bob, do you have a website? Oh, yeah. If you want to learn more about me, it's uh, robertmurch.com. But if you want to learn about the Ouija board, it's uh, williamfoldfuld.com. There you go, and it's a great site. Anyways, uh, we're about to take a break, and uh, we'll catch you on the backside. So there you go. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Renowned and gifted psychic medium, Sylvia Rossi, explores the mysteries of this life, the afterlife, and the unseen world that surrounds us all in the show called Make Contact. 
with Sylvia Rossi, Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central here on Toginet. Sylvia Rossi with her special guests and other fellow psychics invite you to call in and make contact with the world beyond and get answers to your questions. Psychic medium Sylvia Rossi has been sharing her gift professionally for the last 17 years. Sylvia has made it her mission to help individuals and families understand their eternal connection to loved ones that have passed on, bringing relief and comfort to countless souls who have been touched by her gift. She's had the privilege of meeting and working with many psychologists who continue to recommend their clients to her when conventional methods have failed. Now it's your turn to make contact with host and psychic medium Sylvia Rossi. Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. I talked to everyone that I would have a problem with that. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian and our special guest, Robert Merch and the Ouija Board. Yeah, I actually posted, posted something on our website. I don't know if you saw that, our Facebook page, which is what it? It is uh, Ghost Chronicles-Next Generation. Yeah, this this big thing about the Ouija boys, and some people talk about it how horribly. But in all fairness, though, um, Bob, and there is somewhat of a danger. It's pretty much the same danger as it is when we use EVPs, when we use dials, mm-hmm. when we use. Yeah. You can you can have something else pop to. I mean, I know that even yeah. uh, when we did contact out the Hooten Mansion with uh, Sean and uh, Sean Portier and Christian, and they were doing the Ouija board, and Christian almost lost it. He almost got. Uh, mm-hmm. Taken over, he told me that was the scariest thing in his his life because you know Christian, he kind of like a control freak. <laughs> no, not kind of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there is an inherent danger. So I mean, you you have to do it, uh, you know, with good clear mind and everything. I think it's like anything else, you know. Um, the, another problem with the Ouija board is that the the Ouija board is most people's first experience with the paranormal. Because it's marketed and, and has been seen since it's come up um, as a game. So it's usually um, young people. And it's kind of like the gateway drug. It's like marijuana. People start with that and move on. <laughs> and if you, if you think about you think about your first experience, you know, like with anything, it's usually quick and it's not that great. But you usually keep trying. With, with the Ouija board, people tend to have a bad experience and just, Throw in the closet and never play with it again. It's like evidently, evidently, Anne could relate to that, uh, Robert. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think most women feel that way. (laughs) You have great analogies. Yeah. I think I think um yeah guys are like I don't know what he's talking about what are yeah, you right. doing? What? Huh? <laughs> yeah. What? Um but yeah I think um I think it's it's the problem that again it's it's people's first experience with the paranormal um they tend to do it at parties it usually comes up under the influence of other things so <laughs> it, it's not always right. done like with everything and so it's like learning to drive a car you know that you first to drive a car you know, you don't, like, I don't know if anyone's parents out there, but, like, probably the scariest thing in their life was taking their kids out the first time and oh, having yeah. them sit in the driver's seat. <laughs> and, you know, and again, you know, thank God kids who don't do well right away keep at it. I think yeah. it's like anything else. You know, um, you're right. There's a danger in communicating with something that you don't know about. But would I not, again, because I don't know how to drive and I could get in an accident, would I not drive a car because 
I want to get somewhere faster. Right. Yeah. I don't find it to be any, it, because it isn't an inherent danger. If we have the ability to talk to something, then you could do it just like the Fox sisters with knocks and, you know, bangs on your table as opposed to, and you could be table turning or, you know, table talking as opposed to right. using a Ouija board. So I think, like you said, it, it could all be, you could, it could be dangerous. It's just, again, when you look at the facts, and I think if you, you look at what people say, most of the stories I get are, you know, my cousins, brothers, sisters, aunts, nephews, next door right, neighbors, yeah. mothers told me that this happened. And when I try right. to investigate those things, there's nothing there. So it's not that you couldn't, like, not that Christian didn't have that experience. Actually, I know Christian. Christian doesn't lie. He's a very truthful person. And and I'm sure what happened to him happened to him. Was it dangerous in the fact that he's fine and he stopped and nothing happened afterwards and it was just an no. experience like anything else? Like, no, right. I, I just, you know, I'm not, I don't advocate the use of Ouija boards. I just, I get a chuckle when, you know, having spent so much time researching them and looking things over. Um, I just, I don't see it being anymore. Again, the problem is there's more car crashes with a Ouija board because it's been around for 122 years. And so that just gives it a lot more chances for things to go wrong. And you're never going to read about the things that go wrong. You're just going to read every bad story. Now, I have a question from the the chat room, Robert, from um, one of our chatterers. And they would like to know, what's the most ornate or antique Ouija board that you own? Well, I, you know, I own, um, I, I think I have one of the uh, kind of original talking boards from the 1886 time. And the mm. older boards are actually the most born. So they're typically like plain wood with stencil letters on them. And um, at one time, the symbols were a full moon and a crescent moon with stars. And that changed to kind of a face in the moon and then, you know, a crescent moon. And then it became a sun and a moon. And people ask a lot, what do the symbols mean? Nothing. <laughs> they, mean nothing. <laughs> they were just, they, they, their intention doesn't, that's not right. It doesn't mean they don't mean anything to anybody. Their intention was to just illustrate the board. And, and other talking boards beside the Ouija board are great markers of each decade. So originally, the Ouija board was called the Egyptian luck board because at the time in the 1890s, a lot of discoveries were going on um, in the Kings Valley in Egypt. So to them, that was mysterious. That was mysticism. Mm-hmm. Later on, as things got like they they'd make a sister board called the mystifying Oracle. They called it the Hindu luck board because there was a lot of stuff coming um, out of India. And so you'd see swamis and different things. So as you go through the years, whatever was capturing America's attention made it into the artwork. So for some people, I have a lot of friends that are collectors. They don't care about anything except for how they look. And so they make great pieces on their wall and, you know, great, um, you know, people walk in and say, Oh my goodness. Um, but the more ornate ones happened in the forties when they started doing lithograph paper, the oldest ones are the ones that most people just look at and go, well, that's you know, a really big deal. Mm-hmm. But I you know lately, you know, if you ask where can you find them, yard sales, flea markets, um, eBay is insane right now. They're going for old oh, yeah. boards are going for thousands of dollars. It's it's like it, it makes me very glad that I started collecting twenty years ago. Right. <laughs> you know what's interesting, Robert, is is that uh, just in this area alone, I I've met two other collectors who have a pretty 
good-sized collection. There was a, a young gentleman from Methuen, and then there was a, a young lady from, uh, I believe it was Kittery, uh, not Kittery, um, with, with, where was the president's place? Uh, Kitty Bunkport. Kitty Bunkport. Kitty Bunkport, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about Elaine and, um, and um, Jason. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah we all know each other. We know each other very well, yeah. I, I, I find that amazing that just in a, in a small area you have, you know, probably three people would have such a vast collection be, between yours. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Actually, um, I started a Facebook group, the Ouija Collectors group, and there's about 30 people in there now. Um, and those are, you know, from very serious collectors have been doing it a long time with myself to newbies, you know, who have like, you know, five boards and want to know more about what they're collecting. So it, it's definitely grown. You know, when I first, 20 years ago, when when I first started, I'd walk into an antique store and say, you know, do you have any Ouija boards? And they'd say, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, I don't want that in my store. I don't even want you in my store, you know? And now these, you know, antique, they, are, they don't even show up in their stores anymore. They go immediately to, um, they go immediately to eBay because you know they're going to get a lot of money for them. So, right. and, and and look, even in the witch community, um, Christian will tell you. When I first started collecting, and I, I made a spirit board uh, called Cryptique for a while out of oh, stone, yeah. and yeah. and it, it, you know, none of the witch stores wanted to carry them. Now, you know, Christian has a whole shop, Omen, that's dedicated to divination tools, Ouija boards being one of them, mm-hmm. and other talking boards. It's it. It was not accepted until it was seen as making money. And then suddenly, all these people who just wouldn't even talk to me wanted me to come do talks and, and talk about them. It was, it was a, it's a great uh-huh. thing though, because, um, you know, it's just like every, the whole story about the Ouija board has to do with money. Right. It's, it's, right. It, 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 and, you know, and that, it, you know, money, money makes everything happen. So. Uh, <laughs> what, is your, what is your group on uh, Facebook uh, again? It's just the Ouija collector. It's like the Ouija and talking board collectors group. So if I think if you type in like, you know, Ouija collectors, the group will come up. And uh, it's a closed group in the sense that you can see it. You can apply to come in. When someone when someone says they want to join, I get an email um, along with some other people, and we kind of just you know ask to tell about the person. You know, are they really collecting, or do they just want to sell boards? And right. um, oh. you know and. Yeah, and so we try to keep it to the people who are who are doing it. But we do have a few different um, um, people who collect as well as make talking boards. So they, they're always fascinating. You know, they they have a different perspective. And and the whole idea uh, amongst this community is collectors don't often get along because they see each other as competition. Right. And uh, they, you know, and that and that's the, the the kind of the bad part. The good part is. Uh, we've been able to piece together this ginormous history that we didn't know before because everyone has different boards in their collection and it's a different piece of the puzzle. So um, what was happening was I was talking to people who wouldn't talk to other people and, you know, you're, you're always trying to stay on the sidelines. And then finally it was like, hey, you know, we're all adults. Like we, we, we could really do something and kind of figure out this missing history and, and rewrite the whole thing, which is basically what's happened, you know. Mm-hmm. We have a question, another question funny. from, I'm sorry. Oh, sure. <laughs> Are you done? Um, we have another question from the chat room. Um, and given that, that Ouija are items, um, they want to know if you have ever inherited anyone else's experience through owning another person's board mm-hmm. or had a message meant for someone else. 
You know, this is the funny thing. So I have all these boards. There's all this Ouija stuff around me. It's everywhere. House looks like a museum. Um, <laughs> nothing has ever happened here. And I tell people, if it did, I would be selling tickets, and hopefully everyone would show up. You know, I, I haven't. Um, I, I don't. I, you know, I go to these conferences, and they ask me to play them, and we do. Um, and, you know, I've done them with Christian and Sean. And I just – I. I have seen things where I am I am absolutely sure it's someone's subconscious. I've seen things when I really think there's some kind of psychic telepathy going on. And then I've seen things that I cannot explain. And, um, you know, that's always what we're going for. You know, like we, we all want this experience of being like, ah, there's proof there's something there. And um, I've kind of had a little bit of all of those things, but nothing bad. I mean, look, you know, if, it was, if there was anything bad, trust me, they would not be in my house. Like I'm, 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 I'm stupid, but I'm not that stupid. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like sleep next to a bomb, you know. And I know there are people, you know. Right now, um, I'm working with uh, T. Patrick Murray, who is uh, kind of award-winning, award-winning uh, filmmaker, to do the official Ouija uh, documentary. And so we, we filmed it. Has Hasbro was great. They let us come in and film. Ouija boards while we were there, 50,000 rolled off the presses. It was unbelievable. Um, and we've interviewed different people all across it. Um, one of the most fascinating, interesting interviews was with Lorraine Warren, who, who for any, all of your listeners who know, does not like Ouija boards and has not exactly for her entire life. Um, but she was, she was awesome. She, you know, opened her house and, um, told us why she thinks that way. And, you know, it's always, it's always great to hear from someone who really believes what they're saying. Uh, unfortunately, a lot in this business is people just saying whatever they think is helps them sell, you know, books or shows or whatever. So, um, this, this documentary will take the whole, the history, the urban legends, and you're going to hear from a lot of experts who've, who've been in the field a very long time as to what they think and what their experiences have been. That sounds awesome. I would love to see that. Love to see yeah, well, that. Hopefully, you know, hopefully it ends up on the History Channel. Fingers crossed. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> we have another question, and they want to know, what is the most accurate message you've ever received? Do you know? Um, uh, you know that you would be on Ghost Chronicles. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You told me what time and everything. And I think it would. Oh, my God. Um, you know, I, I, I've never, all the times I've used it, there's always been messages and nothing's ever really been directed at me specifically. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I've never had anything. You know, it's like it, I've had very few paranormal experiences. You know, I could count them on my hand. And you, I think everyone who's listening can relate to this, which is when it happens, you are 100% convinced you just experienced the paranormal. And after five minutes, your brain starts to kick in. Well, it could have been this, and it could have been this, and it right. couldn't have been. And then, like, you know, within an hour a day, you're like, well, it might have been. But, you know, I like I, I in Mansfield, I was <laughs> – this is really funny. I um, – so Dave Schrader um, from Darkness Radio is, is mm-hmm. running this event, and I'm up with him. And we're trying to scare Jeff Belanger. Um, it's hard to scare, right? Like he's, we're trying to scare him. He's hard to scare. Um, we're making noises. His group is screaming. We're upstairs. And as he's, he's like, oh God, someone's doing this. Like, stop scaring my group. They're all screaming, you know. Um, and and he's annoyed. We're upstairs, and all of a sudden, um, as he's taking his group, you know, they're downstairs um, away from listening to us make noises. 
Dave and I had just cleared um, four rooms. There was like a hallway, and then there were four rooms. And you know, you open the um, the closet doors to make sure there's no one in there. And um, we just cleared them all. There was no one in there. No one can get past us. We're standing in front of the stairway. There's only one way in and out. And as we're kind of laughing, like that we scared these people, all of a sudden we hear a door open. And then footsteps come out and walk from one of those rooms right in front of us. And I mean, okay, it's dark. It's not pitch black. We have flashlights. We're both looking at each other and looking at it like, are you hearing? Like, is this really happening? Uh It walks right in front of us. And then another door opens up. And we're like, holy crap. And then we go into the room where it started. The door is shut. And then we go into the other door that we had just opened. It's shut. Oh, the other two oh. doors were open. So we're like, oh, my gosh. Like, okay, so I'm, you know, Jeff Belanger now, he, if he's listening, it's loving this story because he thought it was the funniest thing to see me being like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. And, um, you know, it was a great, it was, it was a great experience because that's, that's what people awesome. are going for. And um, so it was pretty cool. And, of course, you know, Dave and I were like, Okay, like that was pretty cool. Like, let's go now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay, let's move along. So, um, so you know, you have those experiences. I've had those with uh, Ouija boards as well as again just standing there. And um, I don't think I'm not a. It wouldn't scare me from doing it again. You know, I have not had that type of experience. I know, and I have heard from people like Lorraine Warren who who truly believe that. Any you know, divination, she does not think the Ouija board is any more dangerous than anything else that you right. could try to do. Um, and I've heard people have some pretty nasty stories. You know, again, it just it, the medical fact doesn't equal the amounts that people say. You know, right. so well, one of the most interest, interesting stories I had with the Ouija board, and that it was in my book Ghost Chronicles is the house that went to pot, and it was about this woman who was losing her house to the bank, and uh, as it turned out, we did an investigation here, and it was a whole stuff going on, but anyways, the, at the end of the, the night, we finally ended up talking with her, and she had said, you know, we had asked her, you know, as part of our questionnaire, we all asked, do you do any type of uh, divination, do you do any type of, you know, whatever, and she said, no, 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 so finally she admitted at the end of the night that she used to use the Ouija board by herself alone, and then she started using the board as she toked. Uh, so then she made contact with the spirit on the Ouija board. So then she invited the spirit to come into her body uh, so she could ex- he could experience what it's like being high uh, and doing a Ouija board. So uh, it, it came on to this big, long story. And then finally he said, well, you know, this isn't really, you know, ever since you started doing this, you've had all this really crappy luck. Her, you know, her original house burnt down. Uh, the, the, all this other stuff. And she, like I said, she was losing this house. I mean, it was really bad luck. So, I mean, you, you look at stuff to, okay, maybe there's something going on here. But anyways, so we were kind of trying to talk her out to not doing this. But she says, oh, no, 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 he's my friend. Uh, he always tells me when the sales are on at Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you have to be careful. That's it. That's yeah, much, right? yeah, that's true. You know, always... You know, like I've, I've often people have said to me before, you know, is that a planchette in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? Right. You know, <laughs> careful. Yeah. But I mean, there, there are 
lot of people, for instance, I know Christian has, people have uh, sent him uh, tarot cards uh, that they've used and that they think they're possessed and stuff. In fact, I got, I got a Bible in my office here that uh, some, somebody gave the Christian that was the tarot cards were tied to this Bible for protection along with some other stuff. And then uh, Christian gave him the Bible and he kept the tarot cards, of course. But <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> So, I mean, did, did you ever have that problem where people thought their boards were possessed and, and sent them to you? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I have a whole, I have boxes of those, um, uh, the ones that people just had bad experiences with. And I, I I'm not a disbeliever of. Uh, I mean, like we all get. Some of us seem to be more in tune, and I get heebie-jeebies from some things. And I think, or I mean, I get those feelings from people probably more often than, than <laughs> inanimate objects. But, but you know, yeah, there are times where I just say, okay, you know, I think to put some bad mojo. But again, I, I think like most things, we discount ourselves, and I think we're in more control than we give ourselves credit. You know, like anything else, if it's something scares you and it's making you uncomfortable, stop doing it. Mm-hmm. No right, one makes right. you play with a Ouija board. No one's making you ask questions. No one's making you do, you know, light as a feather, stiff as a board. These, we do these <laughs> things because we want, we want to be scared. And then when we get scared, we're like, oh, my God, make it stop. <laughs> it's part of human – it's part of being human, and that's the great thing. I think the thing I love most about the Ouija board is that every generation rediscovers it. And they think they're the first group of people to have anything to do with it. Right. And, you know, it wasn't until if, – if you track these movies, and, and part of my presentation is we go through it. So I, I tell the story of the Ouija board. We go through time. We, we stop in about every 10 years, and we look at what was happening in the movies. Um, you know, like I, I Love Lucy. I think it was like the fourth or fifth episode called The Seance. You know, I love oh, yeah, Lucy. That's certainly, right. yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that's right. Like, yeah. there's a there's a Ouija board scene in it, and um, wow. you know, really scary. You know, <laughs> yeah. like super scary. You know, and like 1920, um, Norman Rockwell painted a cover of um, a couple playing the Ouija board on the Saturday Evening Post, and we all know that that was the Satanic Bible, right? Like, I mean, it's just oh. ridiculous. You know, like he was he was painting what was happening in America. So every cover was Americana. Well, in 1920, they were going through this huge Ouija boom, and that's what was happening. And if you look closely at this cover, I love this. If you look closely at it, she's got her hands on the board, and she's looking up into the sky, like kind of like she's talking to some spirit. He's leaning forward, and he's looking at her chest. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed in all Perfect. those years. It, it is, and it is the perfect date. Why was it so popular, right? The original right. directions, you know, two people should play it. Um, it should be a gentleman and a woman preferred. Well, look, think about this. 1890, Victorian times, right. people have more clothes on than they absolutely should when it's hot outside. Mm-hmm. And exactly. you're, you're never allowed to be alone with a date. You had to ask your parents' permission just to go out with someone. You certainly weren't left alone. Well, here's a game that allowed you guys to, like, turn down the lights, put the candles. Mm-hmm. The Ouija boards were originally put on your lap, your knee-to-knee, your hands are touching. Oh, there you go. This is, like, this is like data mania. This is like this allowed you to break all the rules. So, so men like first place. were – to, right. Today might think, I'm not playing stupid Ouija board. Well, back then, you got to do things you wouldn't, you wouldn't get to touch the person otherwise. So right. this was a big deal. And all of these things play into, um, you know, the Ouija's history. You know, besides, again, it, you know, when it makes the movies, there's a very short scene in The Exorcist that, um, you know, I ask everyone at the conferences, 
how many people know the Ouija board was in The Exorcist? Everyone raises their hand. How many people can tell me what scene it was in? No one can raise their hand. Yeah. Because the scene's like 30 seconds. Right. And they, they just basically hint the fact that she'd been playing this, and that's, that's what opened the door. That's where Captain Howdy came from. Well, you know, okay. look what happened. So th- people see this movie. They stampede on each other. People are, you know, freaking out, passing out, running out of the theaters. What do they do? They see someone head spin around, and they spit up split pea soup. And they, guess what? Everyone wants to see their friend do the same thing. So they go out and buy Ouija boards. And Ouija sales went through the roof. And so the more movies that use it and the more people who come out against it, the more sell. Because oh, yeah. we're sick people and we all want to get, we're all like, oh, that's pretty cool. I want to do that happen. <laughs> you know, what, and what they, was, they do. And right? What was the first movie to use one? Do you know? For, oh, I have to go back and look. The, I, the earliest one is um, When the Clouds Go By. And so there were a few, like 1917, um, 1918, I think. I think it's When the Clouds Roll By. And uh, there's a bunch that are, um, what are they called? Silent movies. Right. right. So, so a lot of them, and there's a, there's a funny scene in The Clouds Roll By where it's like basically a date. And um, he's using it, like, and the question comes up on the screen, like, um, are you engaged? Like, does a certain woman like me? And, you know, it's this really funny thing. And <laughs> you see all these early, you see all these early movies where it's being used and it's not evil. It's helping people. I mean, right. it, it, it starts to change around 13 ghosts, around 13 ghosts. It's giving you bad messages up until then, like Jackie Chan, um, it was used in an episode there and it's telling them that something's happening. Like it's almost trying to help people. Um, you know, kind of, there's just, there's a ton of them that are where the Ouija board is helping the heroes know what's happening, you know, and then it changes because what Hollywood realized was the Ouija board is a great visual tool to show possession. It's such, it's so tense. Like if anyone right. has used a Ouija board, like you're supposed to be barely touching it, but you're like, your hands are cramping and you know, you, you're, you're trying not to touch it, but you are, and you're concentrating. It's quiet and someone goes, bah, and everyone jumps. And you know, it's, it's <laughs> a great tool, you know, um, 1986, which board, you know, um, a fantastic movie. Ke- Kevin Tenney did a great job. You know, the, unfortunately, what he did was he took every, what we call Ouija-stition or, you know, these urban <laughs> legends. Right. And he stitched them together and rewrote the whole history. And so there people say every, everything I hear about the Ouija board comes from that movie. I, I still joke with Kevin. I say to him, like, do you have any idea, you know, like you're, you're like making a story. Do you have any idea you're going to impact, you know, what people Oops. think about well, I heard the right. doorbell. That means the pizza's here. That pizza's means we've got to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, anyways, I, I, for those who don't know, you know, a lot of people that get involved in this stuff that are really serious, they they do more than just collect Ouija boards. They do more than just talk about them. They actually go out and do some cool stuff. And, and one of the thing, coolest things that I thought you did, Bob, was uh, to lead the uh, uh, the tomb for... Uh, um, oh, God, Falk, right? Elijah Bond, yeah. Oh, Elijah Bond, I'm sorry, my apologies. <laughs> but uh, it, it, you you actually tracked down his grave, found out he had no gravestone, and then led the the, uh, uh, the brigade to get a gravestone for him, correct? Yeah, it was great. It took 17 years to find out where he was buried, and... Wow. Um, 
And then his, um, I got to meet his great grandnephew, who was 99 years old at the time. Um, and he gave me permission to put in a stone. And, you know, to me, it was just my way of saying, you know, thanks for giving me something to do these last 17 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's and, awesome. Um, and, and and a lot of people, I didn't want to do it alone. I like all these starting groups and getting people together. Um, I, I I also um, worked with um, the city of Baltimore and the mayor to make um, the big factory that William Full, the three story factory, is now um, kind of in um, a home for uh, like the elderly. And uh, I worked with them for three years to make it a Baltimore city landmark. So most of what I do is try to preserve the history. It's just such a unique piece of Americana. It tells such a fascinating kind of niche story about who we are as humans and how we're always looking to find that answer, you know, through something that has letters and numbers. Well, Bob, we we want to thank you so much, but I I want to ask one quick question. Are you going to become the new, like, Poe Toaster? I mean, will you go to the Ouija board site uh, grave and then, uh, you know, I don't know, bring a half bottle of... uh, I will tell you. I will tell you this. It's fascinating. So Greenmount Cemetery. For anyone mm-hmm. who knows Baltimore, um, so who's buried in, in Greenmount Cemetery? Who shall link it? John Wilkes oh, Booth. Really? John Wilkes Booth is buried there. He was taken. His family has a plot, and he's buried there. So that, up until um, Elijah Bond's grave, was the number one visited site. Everyone goes there. There's lots of famous people there, by the way. Um, I guess including, we have ghosts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> gotta go. Yeah, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, and so when we put up this this gravestone for the people who haven't seen it, it's um, basically says Elijah Bond, patentee of the Ouija board, because he patented it, he didn't invent it. But the back side is his drawing of the Ouija board engraved into the back. It's so it's very. Say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good night. God bless. Good night. Thank you. Yeah. Ghoulies to ghosties. <laughs>